Today's scripture comes from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? He said to, they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of God. You are are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of our Lord. God's grace and peace to all of you here and online this morning. So my email inbox was overwhelming me this week. And then I thought about what the email inboxes of principals and superintendents must be like these days. Can you even imagine? You mean my kid will graduate from high school without a chance to paint the big rock for homecoming? Can we still have prom? I don't feel safe teaching in my classroom if kids don't wear masks, but I need to tell you it is so hard to teach when I'm wearing a mask. Why aren't all distance learning classes graded pass or no pass. You haven't spent enough time giving kids space to talk about George Floyd and Dante Wright's deaths. 
Why aren't there snow days anymore? What do you mean my kid can't play in the football game tonight? I need to let you know that I have to work, so there will be no one at home while my kids are in online school. And then all the emails that will never come from families who have dropped off the radar during the pandemic with schools unaware, with a list of missing kids wondering how they're doing at all. The margins are tight these days. We are pushed to limits. Not enough bus drivers or patients. I went to write my sermon this week at Starbucks and saw the sign on the door, we are short-staffed, so we are only open through the drive through Everyone is scrambling a bit without knowing what comes next. How do leaders, especially of kids and families, in the vital role of learning make it these days? It must feel more like reacting than leading. And so I just wondered, what if principals and superintendents, instead of closing their emails with sincerely or best regards, instead ended with the words of Jesus, come and see. It would be like saying, to the best of my ability, I have responded to your question or concern. Now, come and see what is next. That is how Jesus engages as he begins his ministry in the Gospel of John. Simple words, come and see. There's no explaining, no setting of expectations or job responsibilities, reviewing resumes or preparing for what lies ahead. It's simply come and see. Join in and take a look. And amazingly, people followed. This is how Jesus connects with the world begins. Unless we think that Jesus goes from zero to 12 disciples, the Gospel of John is quick to note that actually the first two disciples were John the Baptist's followers. Jesus gets a starting lineup, and from there it is a sea of connections, of invitations. Philip is from the same city as Andrew and Peter, and so he joins in, and then he finds Nathaniel and says, come and see. Inviting becomes sticky, and everyone gets to be a part of it. Jesus does not force or diminish or over-explain. He simply says, come and see. The more I thought about come and see this week, the more I noticed it showing up in other people. Speaking of email, I received one this week from someone who was here last Sunday at the 9 a.m. service, and he wanted me to know how much he appreciated being able to be in person in the sanctuary. He typed, hey, Beth, great crowd, and I responded back, thank you. I'm glad you spoke of the crowd and not of my chanting, because my chanting last Sunday at 9 o'clock was really rough. He replied back, hey, Beth, we're all a little rusty 
We'll keep you around anyways. <laughs> what a grace-filled response to me. Come and see. I invited someone to be a part of a team earlier this year, and I knew she had a lot going on. And she called me back. She said, I need some time to think about it. And she said, yes, for now. It was like she heard the call to come and see. And she realized that she didn't have to sign up forever. But she said, yes, for now. I was talking to Rich Holloquay, who leads our kids and family. And we're having to make adjustments to Bible Explorers on Sunday mornings. Some families are choosing to stay online, and some teachers, or we call them guides, rightfully so, and rightfully cautious, are concerned about being around kids who aren't able yet to be vaccinated. Like everywhere, we need to pivot. We don't have enough teachers to cover the little kids. And as Rich was sharing this with me, he said, Beth, this is where we are now. It doesn't mean we'll be here forever. We will reevaluate again. Come and see. But please hear this. Heeding come and see is not a spectator-only path. The disciples did not only get to watch, they were being shaped and taught as they went. It wasn't long before they were all in, Jesus sending them out to feed and to heal. Eventually, as we know, it was too much for them. They doubted, they betrayed, they denied, and they fled in fear. Following Jesus is not without impact. You don't get to skip the hard parts. It may empty your wallet, change your course, you may say yes to something that you never expected. You may confess something that you have held inside of you for a long time. Meet people whose story changes the way you vote. And yet, I don't think I have ever met anyone who said that they regret the invitation to come and see. We are wired and compensated to lead and to have the answers and to have it all figured out. And we forget that Jesus, God in flesh, goes ahead of us. We are the followers. I know a pastor who needs to hear this again and again. And I wonder if some principals and superintendents need to hear this word of grace as well. Leading is following in our Christian faith. It is in an uncertain future ahead in just about everything. And even though we're hearing the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of John today, we cannot forget the end. After Jesus is crucified and resurrected, he appears to find these same disciples huddled in fear. He comes to them and he breathes into them the Holy Spirit, his own breath of life, God's Spirit. He lets them see and touch his human wounds of death. 
he then promises he will ascend to God and so he will no longer be five steps ahead on the road as they make and move from fear to the next thing. Yet the Holy Spirit, John calls the Holy Spirit the advocate, is within them. She's within them. God promises his presence always as we take the next turn in this unfolding story. Mount Olivet, this is what we get today. An invitation to come and see what is around the bend. I can't give you the answers or make you do anything because it is Jesus who speaks these words of grace. It's a promise and a call. Come and see. And maybe that's why we're always drawn back to that prayer of good courage. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.